Hello and welcome to the one 162nd photography podcast. In this episode today, I'm going to talk about stabilisation. So why is stabilisation important? It's important in video and it's important in photography for the following reasons. It gives you the better image. In photography, if you're not stable, you are likely to get blurry images and they're not going to be very sharp. So in photography, if your shutter speed is too low or too slow, you can get shake and you'll get shake typically if you're holding your camera so if you're holding your camera and maybe you're using a telephoto lens and you are shooting at 1 20th of a second you can get the picture in focus but the end image will be a bit blurry and that's because you are moving the camera as you hold it you don't notice you're moving it but your hands are moving slightly your heart is beating you're breathing up and down and that gives something called camera shake. Now, this is exaggerated the longer the focal length. So I've talked about telephoto. On a wide angle lens, it's not so noticeable, but it is more noticeable at the telephoto end. So the higher your focal length, the faster your shutter speed needs to be. So we're used to image stabilization, and generally that comes on the lens. So I have a lot of lenses that have stabilization built in, and lenses with stabilization or in body stabilization, the, what it does is it gives you a few extra stops of lowering your shutter speed without the blur being noticeable. That's useful on things like landscapes, but it's not very useful on taking pictures of moving subjects or people. While you eliminate the blur of you holding the camera, the person will be moving and you will still get blur that way. So if you're taking a landscape image, typically you would have a long exposure because you want a large depth of field. So you might put your camera on f11. That might mean you're looking at a shutter speed of a second or over a second. And at those shutter speeds, if you hold it in your hand, you're gonna get blur. So typically you would put it on a tripod, maybe a monopod, although tripod is a safer bet. And then that would eliminate the blur. But with image stabilization, you could potentially hold your camera in your hands while you are taking that photo and you won't be able to see the blur. It will be a sharp image. And before when I talked about using it on moving images, if you're taking an image and it's one fifth of a second, if you're taking a picture of a child or a person, they're not going to be still for that and they're going to come out blurry. So image stabilization isn't going to solve that problem, but it will help reduce it when you're photographing static objects. In recent years, you've got cameras that have had in-body stabilization. In compact cameras, we've had this for a long time. Decades ago, we had steady shot in camcorders, we had steady shot in compacts, and it's easy to do in compacts. It's not so easy to do in interchangeable lens cameras. But more cameras are getting in-body stabilization. That means you can use any lens and it doesn't need to have stabilization in the lens. And you can use old lenses, adapted lenses, and it means you don't have to fork out for the expensive lens every time. So when I talked about it gives you extra stops of shutter speed, what I meant by that is you either can keep the same shutter speed that you plan to without having to raise your ISO, or you can go lower in shutter speed. So a stop is doubling the light. So if we're at a hundredth of a second, one stop more would be one fiftieth of a second, one twenty-fifth of a second, one thirteenth of a second, etc, etc. Or we could stay at a hundredth of a second and we could go a stop up in aperture or we could double the ISO and we can go there. So some IBIS, which is in-body image stabilization, promises to give four and a half stops. So that means we could still shoot at ISO 100 instead of ISO 1000, or we could shoot at ISO 400 instead of ISO 1600 or whatever, and we can get a cleaner image. So we can use a lower ISO, or we can use a slower shutter speed and therefore capture more light that way without having 
blur in our images. And stabilization is good and stabilization is helpful and it means you can leave your tripod at home or your monopod at home which is great when you're shooting video you have a slow shutter speed anyway your shutter speed will typically be 1 50th of a second 1 60th of a second or, or maybe a little bit higher but typically it's going to be 50th or 60th of a second because you're going to double the frame rate so if you have 25 frames per second you'll shoot at 150 24 frames per second you shoot at 148th of a second or 1 50th of a second 30 frames per second will be 1 60th of a second and when you're moving about at that slow shutter speed you're going to get jitters as you walk you're going to get jitters and really that's where stabilization does the best so in video there's two types of stabilization there is optical and there is electronic now with things like the gopro 7 that's all done electronically so each frame is analyzed and a computer algorithm with inside the gopro in real time works out how to stabilize your footage you can apply stabilization in post-production in video editors um, things like warp stabilization and what they do is they work out and they keep your footage looking stable there is a consequence though that they do crop into your image you do lose some of your video and it zooms in and crops in a little bit so the GoPro Hero 7 the GoPro Hero 8 they're very good examples of that I've used something called real steady with GoPro so that does some analysis frame by frame and just steadies your shot up now the Insta360 Go which I reviewed last week that has stabilization built in and again it's electronic we can't get any optical stabilization into cameras that small and the form factor sort of suits the digital stabilization as well because they're generally shooting at high frame rates that makes it easier for digital stabilization to not only work but look better as well so the obvious thing for video stabilization is using a gimbal or a steady cam now gimbals i've used i've got some and i use them mainly for my mobile phone and the simple reason is that they're easy it's an electronic thing it keeps the movement centered it stops the phone jittering about even when you walk with it and it's not very difficult to set up a phone you just put it in you turn it on and it, it works with, with a gimbal for a big i've got to balance it each time you change a lens you've got to rebalance it each time you put a different camera and you've got to rebalance it and it's a lot of hassle so some cameras that have inbuilt stabilization are very good for video some of the Olympus ones, the Panasonic GH5, they're very good for video because they've got stabilization built in and you don't need to stick it into a gimbal. You can walk with it and as long as you don't go jumping about, the footage will look okay. It's quite jarring for a viewer when they see footage that's jumping up and down a lot. Some smartphones will have good stabilization. I think the iPhone 11 has very good stabilization and I think that's mainly digital rather than optical. So what is the point of stabilization and what does it give the average person? Well, it gives them the ability to leave a tripod at home. You don't need image stabilization for photo or video, but if you want a good image or a good video, you need to make an accommodation. And typically that means putting something on a tripod or a gimbal if you're walking about. And let's face it, who wants to cart that around? It's much easier and much nicer just to shoot things in your hand rather than using a tripod. I don't think a gimbal would ever be suitable for doing landscape photography, but certainly if I was climbing up a mountain or a hill, I really wouldn't want to be taking a tripod if I could avoid it, even if it was a light tripod. And that's another thing as well. You can take a light monopod, you can take a light tripod. If you're going to the effort of hauling a tripod up a mountain or a hill, you might as well stack things in your favour and take the tripod that's most likely to give you the best results.
So I've talked about image stabilization today and my thoughts on it. It's something I use all the time in my videos. It's something that I don't use very much in photography simply because I have cameras where I can get quite a good high ISO that's nice and clean. So I can always bump up my ISO. I have noticed when using my 200 millimeter f2.8, even shooting at f2.8, I need a shutter speed of about 1 300th of a second. And so with that lens, that is one that I need to shoot in good light I certainly couldn't do anything indoors the length is too long to have suitable flash and stuff so that is something where if I went down to one one hundredth of a second the image would be blurry because it's so telephoto even worse on an APS-C body but again I wouldn't want to haul a tripod around with me when shooting with that lens because it's a very large and heavy lens anyway so I wouldn't want to be hauling a tripod or monopod around with me but I think that's the only lens where I'm conscious that sometimes there just might not be enough light to shoot with that. In that scenario, yes, image stabilization would be helpful if I had it in my camera, but that lens is mainly for shooting people. As I said at the start, there's a speed you can't drop below for people because they themselves will move. You can drop below it if you have a flash and you use a flash and that sort of freezes them, but we're starting to get into very complicated territory there. So. I think this will probably be the last episode before Christmas. So do have a nice Christmas and do have a nice new year. Thank you. Goodbye.